Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and we're coming to you from our brand new state-of-the-art recording studio in our Pewaukee office. We used to record at the iHeartRadio studio in Greenfield, but this studio in our office lends itself to time and scheduling benefits. So we now record both our Money Sense show and our community show right here in our home office. So again, welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group from our own EIG recording studio. We're starting out 2019 with a few show changes. Uh, in addition to recording in our own studio, we're now airing every Sunday on uh, at 10 a.m., and that means that we'll have the opportunity to talk to twice as many people and nonprofits that are doing great things in the community in the way of philanthropy. So what better topic to start the year discussing than this concept of charitable giving? We're coming out of the most generous time of the year, Christmas, which was fabulous and a perfect time to share the gift of love. But it's not the only time that people need help. Serving the less fortunate and giving of our time, our talents, and our treasures is something that really needs to take place all year long. My first guest today is Angela Smith, who is the Director of Outreach from the National Christian Foundation. Welcome to the show today, Angela. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate being here, and thanks to Ellen Becker for sponsoring the show. This is a great program. Well, you're certainly welcome. We're excited to hear what you have to say, what, what you're going to tell us today. We understand that purpose and passion are a big part of philanthropy, so let's let's just start there. Uh, I think it's interesting to understand why people do what they do, and oftentimes when what someone does aligns with their gifts and talents, kind of that sweet spot, if you will, then everyone benefits. Uh, And in nonprofit work, we see so many people living out their passions and at the same time having a major impact on, on people and in the community. So tell us, Angela, why you do what you do. Yeah, thanks, Jill. Uh, Thanks again for having me here. It's really a privilege and an honor. Um, Let me start by giving you just a little bit of background. So again, my name is Angela Smith. I'm the Director of Outreach with the National Christian Foundation of Wisconsin. Um, We are a Brookfield-based company, um, nonprofit. Um, Prior to me being in nonprofit, I spent the first 10 years of my career in corporate America. Pretty traditional business-to-business marketing, PR events, trade shows, uh, traveling a lot, um, doing a lot of fun stuff. Um, But then in 2012, uh, my second son was born. Um, It was a really life-altering event in my life. Um, He was born with some really severe medical issues. Um, He was really sick in utero. I ended up having an emergency C-section. He spent the first month of his life at Children's Hospital. They told us he wasn't going to live. Oh, my goodness. Um, He was in the Birth to Three program with occupational physical speech therapy for the first three years of his life. It was really a very trying time. And this is your second child? My second son. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Yep. He's six now, healthy as a horse. You would never know anything happened to him that he had a rough start in life but kudos to children's yeah right? exactly yeah. Love children's hospital um but it was really um you know for me personally it was a what i call kind of a god calling moment um i really felt like he was nudging me and pushing me to give me a little bit of a wake-up call in life to say what are you doing with your time your talent your treasures you know the gifts skills and abilities that i've entrusted you with Um, You know, I was working in corporate America. It was great. It was fine. But I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't feeling my passion. I wasn't feeling my purpose. And then when our son was so sick, I just thought, 
this is really a wake-up call for me to figure out what do I want to be doing with the rest of my life. I was in my early 30s at the time, and I thought there has to be more to life than working in corporate America trade shows, right? So you mean I, you're older than your early yeah. 30s? <laughs> uh, you look like you're in your early 20s. <laughs> oh, I'll take that compliment. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, did you step away from corporate then? I did. So I, I stayed in the position that I was in, but I started um, doing some nonprofit volunteer work. And I um, just really wanted to get my feet wet into nonprofit because I was pretty unfamiliar with nonprofit in general. And I thought, well, this is a good way to learn how it's structured, what a board is like, fund development, marketing. You know, I had all of these transferable skills with my marketing and event and PR background. And I thought, well, why can't I do that in a nonprofit setting where I'm really going to be making an impact or or a difference somewhere? Mm -hmm. So I started volunteering, just getting more familiar with the nonprofit community, making some connections, um, and then kind of as as God would have it, um, a little bit of luck, a little bit of jo- uh, God, a little bit of a online job posting <laughs> led me to National Christian Foundation. Okay. Um, and that's where I've been for about the last four and a half years now. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, there's a reason for yeah. everything, right? You're, exactly. You're yeah. led, uh, well, and, and Linda had an interesting story. Linda Maris, who is the president of the National Christian Foundation, uh, we've had her on the show before. Yes. And she kind of had a similar situation in that. Uh, she's an attorney by education, right. but she had a life-altering event mm-hmm. and, and ended up shifting her focus right. into philanthropy. Yep. Yeah. So, she was in a very serious car accident um, in 1996, I believe. And that was really, again, kind of a wake-up call for her to say, you know, what am I doing with my life and my time, my talents, my treasures? And she was, you know, looking to get out of law. And um, it was, again, kind of a series of events and um, just, you know, how God orchestrated things to kind of lead her into the philanthropic community. I mean, this is never something. I necessarily thought I would be doing. You don't know that nonprofit and philanthropy is a whole career path, right, um, but right. it really has been. It's it's a privilege and a blessing, and it's it's very fulfilling. Well, and we talk a lot about purpose and passion, mm-hmm. and uh, philanthropy is a way to bring those together. Right. And uh, our understanding is that you have some workshops that mm-hmm. kind of revolve around this purpose and passion right. idea. You want to tell us about those? Yep, absolutely. Um, We have a very cool purpose and passion workshop Um, because we understand how important it is for people to align their purpose and their passion. um, We have a a specific um, discovering your purpose and passion workshop. Um, Specifically, a lot of women really seem to like this. We find that women particularly are passionate about aligning their purpose and passion, whether that's professionally, personally, maybe it's a little bit of a mix of both. Um, so the, the workshop really accomplishes a couple of things. Um, it's an opportunity to discover how they can act on, um, what we call kind of hidden generosity opportunities, not necessarily financially motivated, although sometimes that does happen, but generosity can expend to time, talent, and treasure across Mm -hmm. your life. And so thinking about, um, hidden generosity opportunities and how they might expand on those in different areas of their life, um, filtering them through what their purpose is, and maybe they don't know what that is yet, and this workshop helps them expand upon that and figure that out. Um, Learning also how to align whatever resources they might have or belief system they might have with their personal values. Um, And so maybe that's something that they're trying to discover as well. We can help um, through a series of workshops and and worksheets and just some of the coaching in the workshop. We find a lot of women really have some very eye-opening moments where they have those kind of light bulb Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. moments go on. Um, And essentially, it really helps them answer two questions. What are you called to do? Um, That could be personally or could be professionally. And then who are you called to serve? Um, so it's the what and the who. And then the who who you're called to serve, that could be, again, a variety of, of um, 
areas. It could be family, you know, maybe they're um, stay-at-home moms and they really feel called to serve their families. It could possibly be in a professional setting. Um, It could be within their community. Maybe they are in a volunteer capacity in some sort. Um, We look at different groups that they might be interested in serving. So that could be uh, maybe the homeless, maybe women who are sex trafficked. It's um, It really expands upon um, different areas that they can contribute. And um, women often tell us that they leave with a more clear view of who they are as a generous believer, as a generous person, wife, mom, community member, you know, whatever role they're serving in. And then what their plan of action is, what that looks like for the future. And I think it's important to for people to understand all those facets, you know, the, the right. all those things, all those places or territories, as they say, or, or mission fields, if you will, right. where you're touching people. Yes. So if you're a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. that's awesome. I mean, your your mission field is your family, right? And maybe those organizations that you're involved in, whether it's church or outside of church, right? Your profession, you know, all these areas that people. Uh, have the capacity to have an impact. Right. You know, I think it's, it's, and we had Linda come in and do a, uh, a workshop for our Bible study here Mm -hmm. that I, that I lead. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, it was very eye opening. You have these women saying, gosh, (laughs) I didn't know that that was really uh, something that other people think I'm good at. Right. And they talk about how it's interesting to have other people tell you what they think you're good at or what you th- what right. they think your strengths are because sometimes we don't see it ourselves. And that's right? part of the exercise is going through and doing not only self-evaluation but then peer evaluation as well. And for even people that don't know you or that you've just met, they might pick up on something that's interesting. I actually just did an exercise like that about a month ago and I thought, this is pretty darn accurate for people who only met me a couple of hours ago. <laughs> right, right. And they can pick up on things that we oftentimes miss ourselves yeah. or just don't believe that that, that we have that strength. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so first we, we should define our purpose and our passion. Mm -hmm. That's the ideal place to start. And then we want to look into different organizations that feed into that passion. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. then dive in, get involved, start somewhere, learn how to embrace what you're calling this open hands mindset. Yes. So stay tuned and we'll talk about how you can do just that. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG. Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Angela Smith, who is the Director of Outreach at the National Christian Foundation. So we talked at the intro about the fact that serving in some capacity is something that's needed, not just at Christmas time, but all throughout the year. And you have some really nice ideas for giving all year long. And it starts with this embracing an open hands mindset. So do you want to elaborate on that, Angela? Yep, absolutely. Um, So we talk about this open hands mindset, and it's really the theory of living life with kind of a loose grip mentality so that earthly goods, the things that you own and possess and have right here, right now, are really used um, to have an impact on those who are less fortunate. Um, There's a verse from 2 Corinthians that we quote often, and it's um, depending on what version you're using, but it's, and God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Mm. Um, It's just a really nice verse. We kind of live by that in our office. It's the theory that nothing I own is really mine forever. It's this earthly life is kind of temporary. Um, It's only mine for a short amount of time. So what am I going to be doing with the time, talent, resources, treasures I have right here, right now um, to make an impact on those who are less fortunate, my community, you know, whatever it might be. 
um, we talk about this. If you picture your hands, you know, kind of cupping your hands together, um, you know, and you pour water into it, you can't keep all that water in your hand, right? It kind of flows down. Um, it flows into your hands and then it trickles down. And that's the theory of um, you'll always have enough left over to share with others. So you keep some in your hands, but then that water that trickles down um, is what you're sharing with others. That's a nice visual. Mm -hmm. That's a nice way to think about it. Right. Absolutely. And and I like the idea that it's not ours to begin with. Right. You know, <laughs> yep. we're just, it's here temporary and, you know, yep. keep we're, maybe we're, an eternal perspective. And We're and... stewards of what we've been gifted with and um, just kind of living it a little bit of a loose grip mentality to go, oh, I really like this, that, or the other thing, but is it really important for eternal purposes. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, there are different ways that the National Christian Foundation can, uh, can help either an individual or an organization. Um, can you tell us, Angela, about um, financial resources? Yep. So we um, kind of, when you're thinking about this open hands mindset, we're grouping them into a couple of different categories. Financial resources is one of them. Um, one of the other quotes that we like to use in our office is, when God blesses you financially, don't raise your standard of living, but rather raise your standard of giving. Love that. The, I love that. The first time I heard that, I thought, wow, like that's like that kind of rocked me a little bit. I, you know, because, you know, we live in this very, um, you know, monetary driven society, consumer driven society. And this is a very countercultural um, concept. Concept. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. When you get a raise, you know, go buy a bigger house or a bigger car or a purse or clothes or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But what if instead you would say, how can I raise my standard of giving financially? I have this increase. What can I do um, to give with that? And so, you know, a couple of ideas around that, not applicable or applicable, not only just at Christmas, but other times as well. We're into January. This is a great time of year to start. Um, building generosity into their budget. It's really... Um, interesting how many people don't budget for generosity. Um, you budget for your energy bill and your kids' sports lessons or dance lessons or whatever it might be. So think about budgeting for charitable giving. Maybe that's to your church. Maybe it's to your favorite nonprofit, you know, whatever it might be. Actively looking for opportunities to give to those in need. It's really, um, when you start looking for generosity opportunities, it's amazing how they yes. present themselves to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all over there. You just have to look for them, right? Yeah. And then along that same line, you know, some the concept of generosity and giving money away, it's, it's really hard for people. You know, it was really hard for me when I first came to NCF, and I'd be a little bit of a liar if I said sometimes it's still not hard. Sure. So if you're looking to get started, start small. You don't have to give big right away. We have a, a couple of donors. They call themselves the 10 Club. Um, they designate $10.00. Um, some of them it's per day, some it's per week, some it's per month. Um, and they just started small with that $10 amount. And um, as it becomes more of a habit, they can bump up the amount that they contribute wherever they're so-called, wherever their purpose or their passion is, like we talked about. Um, and that also helps balance the impact of giving on the rest of your budget because you don't have to give, you know, $100, $300, $500 away. It can be something small and you might feel a little bit of joy or happiness around that. And it might encourage you to give more or find a new cause to contribute to. Yeah, God loves a cheerful giver, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> what about time and talents? Yeah, time and talents. You know, generosity really does com comprise time, talent, and treasure. Um, time and talents, you know, something about thank you notes is really kind of um, really kind of important. It's it's just a little bit of your time, but thinking about slipping thank you notes into your child's lunchbox, into your spouse's jacket, maybe it's to your boss, to your coworker. Um, leave one for the person who delivers your mail. You know, it's just... The G-men, yeah. you know, the garbage men. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, maybe there's a teacher who had a really positive impact on your life or your child's life. You could 
you know, this is a little silly, maybe send one to a celebrity who's doing something positive with their millions. You know, you can get really creative with this, but I think that's actually a lost art. You know, people, we grew up with my mom saying every single thing that we received, birthday, Christmas, whatever, we had to sit down and do a thank you note. And I just don't think nowadays, (laughs) and for those parents of you that are still doing it, kudos to you, because I just don't think that it's... You know, with email and with social media right. and people will, not that it's not happening, but right. the, you know, to receive a handwritten note right. is really, really quite nice. Yeah. My Something kids are, I didn't even think about. Yeah. My kids are six and nine and they're more thank you notes. Yeah. Right. More thank you yeah. notes. Like you, you're six. I know it's, you can write your name. You're like, exactly. We're going to work on this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and serving our community. You know, we, we talk about how, yes. how important that is and um, in, again, many different ways that we can do that, but also prayer. Mm-hmm. And how big a component that is, because sometimes that's all we can do. Right, right, exactly. You know, sometimes you don't have the time to serve your community or at a local food bank or the senior center. You know, maybe you're just really stretched on time. Maybe you're stretched on finances, but can you pray? You know, prayer is powerful. I mean, I can tell you, you know, I talked about my son earlier, you know, the power of prayer that he Absolutely. lived, you know, that was amazing. And mm-hmm. um, thinking about regular prayer for your church, your family members, you know, friends who are going through a hard time, the nonprofits that you are serving or supporting it's um government government (laughs) that's a biggie right my gosh city leaders you know city state local leaders absolutely we have um some business owners um that have asked us to pray for local government just you know in in different capacities because of how it's affecting their business and this and that yeah absolutely and it doesn't cost anything it just takes some time Mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of passion right right and and regular prayer yeah it's powerful it is absolutely Mm -hmm. agree 100 percent uh because ellen becker is so big on on education we believe believe in that mm-hmm. strongly. So yes. where, in what areas are you providing education? Yeah, we have um, a really strong focus on education, programming, and training opportunities into the community. I'll talk about a couple of those. Um, annually, we host a uh, poverty symposium. Um, it takes place at the beginning of the year, typically in January. Um, you can go to our website to get the date. Um, it's www.ncfgiving.com backslash Wisconsin. Pretty easy. Um, That is an opportunity for community members, volunteers, government officials, um, church and ministry leaders, nonprofit leaders to come together um, to talk about poverty in Milwaukee. And um, every year we pick a very narrow topic on the very complicated issue of of poverty. Um, And we're going to be, you know, gathering people to educate, train, and give them some really practical, actionable, tangible things that they can do, those calls to action to get more involved in their community, you know, back on that time and talent train. Okay. Um, What about those workshops we talked about earlier? Those are, my understanding, free of charge. Correct. So if an organization wants to bring that, uh, either you or Linda Maris in to to run the the workshops, Mm -hmm. um, do those go on all year long? Yeah. So with the purpose and passion workshop that we talked about, we typically look for a host, somebody who is um, passionate about this and is invested in the topic. And we would work with you to figure out a date, a time, a location, you know, what group or audience. These are good small groups, you know, 10 to 20 people, somewhere in that range. Typically, Um, you could gather your Bible study. You could gather members from your church. If you're on a nonprofit staff or board, maybe you're on a for-profit organization and you wanted to gather some women to talk about this. Um, We look for a host and we 
partner with you to figure out how that can happen. And I would say that uh, for those of you that might be interested in it, I would definitely encourage you to to look into it because, again, we had Linda come in and, and mm-hmm. uh, did it in two different sessions for our Bible study. And the 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 knowledge that we gained from that exercise spilled over into vocations and home life. And there's so much that you can learn in that process. Um, so it's, it's wonderful. Um, if people want more information, can you give us some, uh, contact information, maybe a phone number? Yeah, absolutely. So the website again, Yep, you can call us at the national Christian foundation. We're local. We're Brookfield based. It's two, six, two, seven, nine, six, nine, nine, one, zero. That's the phone. Website again is NCF, which is like National Christian Foundation. So ncfgiving.com backslash Wisconsin. Um, call us, email us, um, all of our contact information that's on there. It's pretty easy to find. Okay. Yep. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Angela, for all you and the Christian Foundation do to help support philanthropy in our community. Thanks, Jill. Thanks to Ellen Becker again. You're certainly welcome. We we strongly think that collaboration of resources is really key to providing a well-rounded offering to both people in the community and to the nonprofits themselves. So stay tuned to hear from a Wisconsin organization that is doing just that by providing a network of philanthropic resources. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest is Tony Shields, president and CEO of the Wisconsin Philanthropy Network. Thank you for being here today, Tony. Thank you so much, Jill. So how and why did you get involved with philanthropy? So I am, uh, I consider myself to be a lifelong learner. Um, and uh, I believe in kind of natural progressions in my professional career. Um, I have had a, a wonderful um, professional career here in Milwaukee over the last 30 years. Um, I've had the opportunity to work in both for-profit and nonprofit organizations, Uh all within the areas of community relations, community engagement, community affairs, whatever that might look like, however that might be defined. Um, I've served as a director of community relations um, in the sports world for the Milwaukee Bucks many years ago. Fun. Uh, That sounds like fun. Manager of, uh, was the the main lead of community relations at Harley-Davidson Motor Company for a while. Wow. And then I moved into the the, uh, nonprofit sector working in both uh, the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Milwaukee. And then my most recent experience was executive director of United Neighborhood Centers of Milwaukee, which is a collaborative of neighborhood settlement houses around Milwaukee. And one of the great things that always happened in the work that we were doing was we would often sit around as funded organizations and say, why are foundations funding those guys or why are they making the decisions that they're making? And so when this opportunity to come to the Wisconsin Philanthropy Network presented itself, it was a great opportunity for me both professionally to See what the see what the truth is on the other side of the ball. See how those decisions are being made, but then also seeing it as an opportunity to help the philanthropic community uh, tell a better narrative about their work and help inform nonprofit organizations about how they arrive at their decisions. Um, 
most foundations are making very intentional strategic decisions about the work that they're doing in their communities, what they're funding and what they're interested in. And there's a great narrative around that. And so um, the opportunity to come and lead this organization was just really a culmination of a, of a lot of great career experiences, but also an opportunity to really um, create a cross-section between the nonprofit community and those, uh, those organizations that are funding and resourcing the work. Okay, so so uh, I think help us. It would be good for us to to really understand who Wisconsin Philanthropy yeah, Network is so, and who you serve. Yeah, so the Wisconsin Philanthropy Network is it's a nonprofit, a professional membership association of funders who support and promote effective philanthropy in Wisconsin. So we're comprised of innovative and dynamic and engaged members who are dedicated to improving uh, the quality of life for residents of our of our state of the state of Wisconsin. So WPN engages in uh, research. We, we we perform research for some of our smaller member organizations uh, that don't have larger staffs. We do programming throughout the year uh, in a multitude of areas, and we do networking for our members statewide. Um, our entire goal, our entire mission is to promote effective philanthropy, uh, promote effective grant making, um, have conversations around collective impact and what that could potentially look like, uh, developing best practices. There's some great people throughout the state who are working in the field of philanthropy that have a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of great work that's happening. And then we're also convening around key issues. Um, so we're in engaging in discussions around what some of those key issues are in our community that deserve to have a conversation. And we're asking ourselves consistently, what role does philanthropy play in that, in those particular opportunities? So um, we also have a statewide conference that we do every other year and uh, every other year. And then on the off years of that, we develop the Wisconsin, we do develop the Wisconsin gives report that gives a great analysis of giving in Wisconsin and, and nationally. And who are some of the people that are really doing great, great work. Uh, work in some of the areas that are that are talked about in or some of the trends that are happening in the communities. Okay, well, speaking of that, you mm-hmm. you recently re- released the 2018 Wisconsin yes. Gives report. So what what were some of your key findings there? So it, it was it was great because what we've done is we have taken um uh, national uh, trends that are happening. We've taken a lot of national research. We developed that research, and we've looked at who is working within that work in Wisconsin uh, as best practices within that work, and then we've accumulated a lot of data from those areas. The other thing that we've done is we've polled 377 grant makers around the state of Wisconsin around what they see as key things that are happening relative to philanthropy and support and what that looks like. Um, so some of our biggest, um, some of the biggest things that have come out of that is that total estimated charitable giving in the United States has rose 5.2 percent from 2016 to 2017. Nice. 56 percent of our survey respondents plan on increasing their grant making in 2019. 66 percent of WPN survey respondents are are increasing general operating support and that's important because a lot of nonprofit organizations if you talk to them and ask them they'll tell you that foundations and funding streams aren't supporting operations they're only they're only supporting programs and so that is a that is a significant key finding uh, that we've pulled out of that and then 78 percent of our survey respondents they want to see partnerships and collaborations within the work so those are some those are some bigger kind of broader things that have come up but I also know that there's great news uh, relative to giving in Wisconsin and and how that landscape is looking right now Um, Wisconsinites give almost 2.7 billion to charity each year 
2.7 billion. 2.7 billion to charity each year. And that's an, that's an important number because um, in Wisconsin, our nonprofits employ 280 million or 12% of our workforce. So sourcing that work and sourcing that work with those individuals and people is very important. Um, the other side of it that's really interesting is that Wisconsin foundations give a total of about $780 million in 2017. Hmm. So we're still a very, we're, we remain and continue to be a very generous state. But the most important, I think, aspect of that is, is that that, 780, that 788 million approximately accounts for 16% of the giving. 70% of the giving that happens in Wisconsin is done by individuals. Mm. So we're a very generous state. We're a very engaged state in living in, in giving, and individuals are stepping up to the plate in whatever financial situations that they may be in at any given moment. So yay, go Wisco, Yeah, right? go Wisconsin. We're doing Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are some of the reasons then behind the increases in the charitable giving on both the state and the national level? Well, I think I think on the on the national level, I think it's it, it it's pretty easy and pretty logical to look at the stock market, look at the economy and say, you know, giving is up because people are feeling more healthier or have more individual income to be able to do that. Um, I think that that is also um, indicative of what is happening in Wisconsin. But I will also say that Wisconsin has been a very generous place over the course of the last decade. And so as economy has risen, giving has risen, but people in Wisconsin start at what can we do? What can we give? How can we resource things? So it's, 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 it's in our DNA. It's in our bones about who we are. Okay. Um, so I'm just curious, how do we rank with some of our neighbors? Gosh. Okay. So there, yeah. So, so <laughs> do I so, dare go there? You know what? No. So there's a, there's a size issue relative to the giving that we do as an organization, uh, as a, as a state relative to the giving. And I can, and I'm, I'm, I'm going through my report because I'm going to find some good information for you relative to numbers of foundations and what that could potentially look like. So I know, um, because those numbers are, are really impressive, but I'm just curious, um, you know, where we rank at yeah, a national there, level. There is a, there's a, a, a size, um, aspect to the work that we're doing. I know we are relatively comparable to um, to most of our neighboring states, um, we're, 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 I would consider us to be relatively consistent in the spaces that we're in. Okay. Um, but I am I'm, I'm gonna I want to try to give you some real information. So I know that. So one thing I know for sure is that Southeast Wisconsin. So the areas that we're living in now that we're that we're cu- currently in now are uh, is the most generous aspect of, of the area. There are about 875 foundations. Total giving is about 517 million. Uh, and the total assets of the foundations in our in our area right now are around six point eight million dollars. Um, so mm. uh, those numbers are, are relatively, you know, are relatively impressive relative to um, relative to where we are as an actual state. And I know that we are pretty comparative relative to our um, our 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 our. our, our partnering and bordering states that we're in. Okay. Well, we've got some impressive uh, statistics. Yes. Yeah, that's good to Absolutely. share. Absolutely. And not, no shortage of organizations to give to, which I think is Yeah, is that, that 12%, that 12% number of, uh, of, of where we are within the space is, is a significant, is a significant number. Good. Good. Awesome. So as we heard in our first segment, when you are blessed financially, don't raise your standard of living 
raise your standard of giving. <laughs> so organizations aren't just giving money. So stay tuned to learn what else they're doing to make an impact. And we'll be right back with Tony Shields from the Wisconsin Philanthropy Network. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm chatting with Tony Shields, President and CEO of the Wisconsin Philanthropy Network. So we said that organizations aren't just giving money. So what else are they doing to make an impact from a philanthropic standpoint? Well, I, I think when you look at um, what uh, the charitable foundations and what giving organizations are, are, are really focusing on, um, one of the things they look at, you know, we talked a little bit about kind of that operation support piece, um, but there's also capacity support that is needed by funding streams to go out to nonprofit organizations. And so um, what a lot of foundations will do and when they're working with organizations is they'll try to build up that capacity. A great example is the EIG uh, Education Center. Mm -hmm. Donating space for nonprofit organizations to go in and be able to use that space at a very at a very low or nominal or no cost to be able to do that. Um, nonprofit uh, foundations are also investing in leadership for for uh, for leadership for people that are working in the nonprofit field. Uh, executive leadership, leadership for people on the ground, um, and building up their capacity so that they can build up their bandwidth of their organization. They're, they're also making donations around um, around specific operational uh, support, similar to back office support, or an organization may donate public relations and, and, and PR to an organization because when you're working in the nonprofit field, a, a lot of times what happens is you don't have the luxury because you're doing the on-ground work. You're in front. You're you're trying to you're trying to balance your book and and run your programs and run your good work. And a lot of times you don't have the the, the time, the capacity, or the finances to be able to fund those kind of things that on the business side we often take for granted. And so yeah. to be able to fund and support public relations or the development of a report or to be able to fund capacity building and training and um, you know, being able to, to to fund the opportunity for development. Those are the things, those are additional things that funders are supporting so that they can build up the capacity of those organizations that they're funding. Yeah, and uh, the ways that we do that, obviously, are this radio show, mm -hmm. uh, giving back to nonprofits who may not have the marketing dollars and yes, the budget to do that. that's exactly and right. Again, with so many wonderful nonprofits in our area, you know, this gives them an opportunity to, to uh uh, let other people know who they are and what they do and the impact that they have. Yes. And we're hoping that listeners can uh, align themselves, their purpose and their passion with some of these nonprofit organizations mm -hmm. out there. So, and, and another thing that in addition to our education center that we provide for nonprofits uh, free of charge, we've done something um, last year, we did a storytelling or purposeful storytelling seminar that we offered to all of our guests on the radio show. Oh. And uh, our speaker just uh, helped the people understand how they could articulate their story mm -hmm. uh, when they're out there, either talking to you know, you know, the, the whole for grant purposes yeah, or whatever. The, it happens the whole to idea, and and, and 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 that's interesting that you say that. Um, uh, WPN at, at certain points have, have engaged in, in, in similar trainings because. Um, and, and it really is around what is happening with with our ability to be able to uh, 
tell our story succinctly, mm-hmm. tell it interestingly, be able to bring people in and engage them in what's going on. And it's one of those small things that you see your successful organizations, nonprofits, for-profit business, whoever, your successful organizations are the organizations that have the ability to be able to tell that narrative and tell that story about what they're doing. And so it's a thing, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a capacity that you hope everyone could have, but it's not a capacity that everyone does have. And so it, 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 that being able to tell that narrative in a good way is an important aspect for the success of any organization that's out there. Absolutely, for sure. Now, we've talked about the rise of everyday philanthropists. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, and, and who's driving that change? So one of the, one of the goals that um, WPM wants to um, uh, have over the, course of our, over the course of our work going forward is we want to actively uh, promote a culture of philanthropy statewide. And that culture of philanthropy looks at a couple of things. So we already recognize that there are a number of foundations and charitable giving organizations that are out there that are all always making a commitment. But we also want to continue to engage that 70% of individuals that are out there that are giving mm-hmm. and be able to continue to have conversations to inspire the next group of people that are coming along that could potentially be able to give. And so cr- creating and developing and supporting opportunities that are out there for us to be able to um, to be able to promote philanthropy and generosity and be able to promote those things that help people see themselves as philanthropists. From the perspective of a philanthropist is different than a donor. A donor is someone who has a relationship with an organization or has some type of story or some type of situation with a group, and they feel that strong affinity to that organization. And donors are great. Donors mm-hmm, are awesome mm-hmm. people. They keep organizations going. They keep people engaged. But a philanthropist is a problem solver. A philanthropist will look at the landscape, will look at what's happening in the community, what's happening in an area of interest, see what the key issues are, and make a conscious decision about sourcing or making contributions to, to solve that particular issue. We'd like to see more philanthropists in our community because we want to see people that are looking at the landscape, looking at what's happening in our communities, and say, I want to source and help that particular area. One of the, one of the most awesome things that's happening right now is that there's legislation that is currently um, going through the process of the, the legislative process. Uh, it's called the Everyday Philanthropist Act. Um, it is a uh, it is legislation that will allow individuals and companies to um, as a benefit similar to health savings accounts. These will be charitable savings accounts. So an individual can come into an organization, designate twenty five dollars a paycheck and say, I want to make a contribution to this charitable savings account. At the end of the year, they'll have seven hundred and fifty eight hundred dollars in their hand that they can make a contribution. Ideally, those individuals will look at the landscape and think about what's happening in the world or happening in their area and ideally make that contribution to solve that particular issue. Now can they you can, say millennial? Well, right. Well, you know? yeah, because a lot of because the research is that millennials are saying that they want great benefits and they want to work for organizations that care. And so this this does have the potential to be a great benefit, uh, a great employee benefit for companies that are willing to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, I was at a workforce development seminar a while back, and they were talking about what's important to millennials as they consider job opportunities and how an organization is making an impact was really high on their list. So so tell us how millennials then are shifting this philanthropic landscape. So, you, know, you talked about them yeah. being these, change, these right. game changers, if so, you will. So millennials are very experiential. 
right? They want great experiences when they are going out and deciding who they're going to partner with and who they're going to work with. And I think that's a great entryway to build relationships with organizations and build potential opportunities to work with, to work with organizations. Our whole approach with the millennials is to assure that we are creating a culture that people understand what their giving potential can look like, what their, what their contributions can be when they are at that stage of their lives where they have that disposable income to be able to make that, to make that straight financial contribution. We also know that there's a trajectory in life. And so currently right now, we're looking at, um, we're looking at an understanding that generate Gen Xers are now in the sweet spot of giving. So if we can continue Gen to count, Xers, Gen Xers okay. are because okay. because they're in that because now they're 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 now in the space where they're acquiring some wealth. They've worked in the they've worked in their profession for some numbers of time now, and they are they now have that disposable income and they're aware of their surroundings. They they they've lived enough to understand what the key issues are in their area. And so if we can do the same thing with millennials, we can continue to make them aware, make them understand what their giving potential looks like as they rise up and begin and begin to have that disposable income to be able to think about what they want to do and what their legacy is going to be. We've now engaged them in a way that when they're, when the time is right for them to be able to do the giving, that they can do that. And in the meantime, we're engaging them to volunteer. We're engaging them to give their time. We're engaging them to actually just kind of give a care about what's going on in the communities and areas that they that they live and work in. Right, right. Well, gosh, there's so much here that you guys offer, and we can't possibly touch everything. But if uh, if our listeners want to get additional information, where should they go? Yeah, so there's a couple things um, on our website, which is wiphilanthropy.org, all one word, wi is in Wisconsin, philanthropy.org. Um, a couple things you can learn about our, our organization. You can learn about our members. You can learn about some of the key research that we've done as an organization. You can also take a look at a programming calendar that we have throughout the year. We are posting our programs throughout the year, and there's all kinds of programs around key issues. There's programs around grant crafting. Um, we encourage you to visit our website often. Things are often changing on our website, but it's a great opportunity to learn more about our organization and philanthropy in Wisconsin overall. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tony, for helping us understand more about this great resource called the Wisconsin Philanthropy Network and how you're providing help and support for people and organizations who want to learn more. Uh, thank you very much. Jill, thank you so much. I really appreciate I, I personally, I appreciate the show because it's important to get the word out. Again, a lot of organizations don't necessarily readily have the ability to do that. This forum to be able to provide these conversations is an important, important part for our community. So thank you so much for, being, for doing this, for, doing this for, for the community. Well, you're absolutely welcome, and thank you for thank being you. here again. I also want to thank Angela Smith, Director of Outreach at National Christian Foundation. Um, if you'd like further information about the organization or the people that we talked to today, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Also, no worries if you have to miss a show. You can visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to the podcast, or you can visit the News Talk 1130 website for the podcast as well. You can also tune in via the iHeartRadio app or ask Alexa by simply saying, Alexa, play WISN AM 1130. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to learn more about some great people and organizations that are making a difference. Uh, you can align uh, your passion and your, your talents and treasures with one of them. You can find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing.